0: Greetings, Unstoppable Yes You podcast listeners. I'm your host, Curlis Philip. In this series, I'm speaking with Caribbean women in the technology field across various disciplines. My hope is that this series will help those of you that are interested in tech identify pathways to careers in this field. Today's guest is Latoya Westbrooks Keeling. Latoya is a senior UX researcher at Facebook and in addition, she's also the principal consultant and founder of Westbrook Consulting Group, where she helps early stage small business owners build, scale, and monetize their business. Prior to Facebook, Latoya held positions at Citigroup, JP Morgan Chase, Oscar Health, and Betterment. Today you can find her leading workshops, conducting one-on-one coaching sessions. And speaking on panels at conferences centered around technology, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Welcome, LaToya.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. We
0: are ecstatic to have you. Such an incredible story, and I can't wait to share it with our listeners. So as a young girl, what did you want to do when you grew up?
1: You know what's so funny is growing up, I was the child that asked a lot of questions, um and I still do, which is probably why I'm a researcher. But initially, um, I wanted to be a lawyer. Now, I don't know if that's because that's what I really wanted to be. Or is that because everyone around me was telling me I should be a lawyer because of all the questions I used to ask. So how
0: did you switch to your first job in terms of your career path? Because you were a business specialist at J.P. Morgan Chase, right?
1: Yeah, I'll probably take a a step back when I realized the law wasn't for me, which was probably my freshman year in in undergrad. I remember I applied to this law program for the summer, and I mean, I was like, I'm going to get in, I had the application, I had my recommendations, I I did everything, and I I remember going to the School of Law to drop it off. I went to Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida. And when I dropped it off, I got notification back that although my application was great, that the law program was not for freshmen. It was only for juniors and seniors. And I was like, I'm not waiting two years to see if I like a career or not. Um, and that's what like made me pivot to business. I was in finance. I went to school for finance. I thought I was going to do corporate law. So like business, business and law was like most of my classes. And then it wasn't until I, I had a summer internship my sophomore year in college that I realized I wanted to like stick in the business and finance route. I actually ended up getting my first role at Citigroup here in New York cities where I'm, I'm based there for two years before I was recruited by JP Morgan Chase and I was there as a, a banker and a business specialist for five and a half years. And then you switched from
0: your business specialist role at JP Morgan to, to a UX researcher role at Betterman. So how did you pivot to uh, UX research?
1: Yeah. So breaking into UX research definitely was not easy. I basically switched careers in my early 30s. I didn't want to be in finance full time anymore. I just felt like the banking industry was very rigid and slow just keeping up with was really happening in the rest of the world. Like our technology was old and slow. It's hard. It's hard for those who are listening and you're trying to switch careers. My recommendation is to switch industries or switch roles, but it's very, very difficult to do both at the same time. And so when I wanted to go into tech, it was easier for me to transition into a financial technology company or fintech. Because before, I was just applying to every tech company I could. I remember like <laughs> applying to Google and Facebook and Spotify and Netflix, all these big tech companies with no real experience. And I mean, I just got rejected left and right. Um, so that is not a strategy I would recommend. And then I had to take a step back. And I'm like, well, my last seven years of work experience is in finance. Let me just apply to finance companies who also have tech. I mean, within two weeks, I was hired. Not in research, so I'll be clear on that, but I was hired as an investment professional giving advice and support to our clients at Betterment. That was my first role in tech. You bring up a
0: good point. It definitely can be challenging. Like you, I came from finance for an investment company in Baltimore, fresh out of college, and I can totally relate to how rigid and slow and you know i mean it's very highly regulated right so you don't have the same flexibility that you have in the tech field to be creative and dynamic
1: i remember like every week i would have lunch with someone from a different team like i have a very social personality like i would just go up to you and talk to anybody and so i was like i'm gonna have lunch with an engineer i'm gonna have lunch with a product manager I'm going to have lunch with a UX designer, a UX researcher. I mean, I literally just pull, pulled up the org chart and went team by team, looked at everyone's different role and had lunch with everybody. And what I was doing was <laughs> still research and didn't realize it. But I wanted to know, what is it that they were doing? Did they enjoy it? Was it impactful in their lives and for the business? To be honest, I was also looking for a job that would make me a high earner. I didn't ask them directly what their salary was. Like I, I did research on my own to find that out. And if I felt close enough to them, I would ask them, what is their salary range? And I wanted to significantly increase my income and earning potential. So that was also like what I factored in.
0: So can you tell our listening audience what a UX researcher does to quickly take us through a day in your life at Facebook?
1: Yeah, so a UX researcher, and UX stands for user experience. We want to understand what the user experience is. And that's with a new product or feature that a company might be launching. It's not just usability testing. And when I say that, people are like, oh, here's my website. Here's my app. Do they like it? Research is not to uncover if someone likes it or not. It's for me to understand, are they having any pain points or issues with their app? Are they unable to locate a button to like, you know, lead to an action? So I'll give Betterment as an example. Um, If someone needed to make a deposit into their investment account, but they're struggling to even find the button to make the deposit, like that's obviously going to affect the business. Like it's not easy for them to accomplish the task. And so my day in research at Facebook and at all the other companies I worked at, It's twofold. One, as a researcher, that's me speaking to users, um, identifying which research method I should use. So whether that's a survey, a user interview, a focus group, uh, diary studies, tons of methods, and seeing which one's going to be the best for that particular project and to help me help my team with what they need to change or improve on to improve the user experience. The second fold, I would say, as a researcher, is it's very cross-functional. And when I say cross-functional, meaning I am in a lot of meetings with multiple teams all the time. And so I don't just do research and that's all I do. And I, you know, share my insights, and the team does what they need to do. I'm having meetings with engineers. I have meetings with product managers. I'm having meetings with my data science partner a copywriter, like just meeting with a bunch of teams. So researchers are very cross-functional, where we have to work with a lot of different people and a lot of different teams um, to make sure our research is impactful because you can do research. I can share it with my team and they can be like, all right, thanks LaSoya, whatever. Like we're going to do what we want anyways. But as a researcher like it's my job to make sure you're listening to what I'm sharing not on what LaSoya has to say but this is what the users are saying about our company or our product, and then are you actually making the changes based on my recommendations to see if it's going to change whatever the business metric or goal is?
0: Yeah, I mean, and as a
1: product marketer myself, I can totally
0: relate. For me, if I just put on my product and hat, it's definitely to ultimately satisfy the needs of the customer. And so to your point, that experience should be... Seamless for them, right? Any friction point can result in you losing a sale. You do have a tough job, though, I will say, having worked with UX researchers because you have to convince everyone in the room using data, this is the direction they should go. And that's a strategy on its own. Absolutely. What are some of the biggest challenges you've encountered since you got into the tech field and how did you handle them?
1: Not getting burnt out, I think it's a challenge not letting imposter syndrome sneak in, and then definitely like navigating the tech space as a Black woman. I think that's any industry, like the challenges I faced when I worked in insurance, when I worked in finance, when I worked in tech as a Black woman. I mean, you can learn from every experience.
0: So you mentioned imposter syndrome. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Give an example.
1: I can only speak from my experience. For example, at a lot of these tech companies and especially the larger tech companies a lot of people come from like these very big institutions or ivy league schools they won't write out tell you their background depending on the industry but if we connect with them on linkedin you'll see like maybe they went to princeton or yale or harvard or these big name schools and so for me because i went to a state university and that's because that's what um, my family could afford i grew up in a single parent home so like money wise like it just made more sense for me to stay in state But sometimes that gets to you when you're like further along in your career and you're like, Does that person know more? Are they more well connected? Because maybe the manager and them both went to Yale. So sometimes that sneaks in or has snuck in for me. But then I like shut that voice down and I tell that to anybody who's experiencing imposter syndrome, tell that voice to be quiet, like you are there because you're meant to be there and you have something to bring to the table too. So
0: I 100% agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, they hired you for your experience and what they felt that you could bring to the company. And so own that and bring that. But there is going to be that good old boy or sometimes gal network, right, based on where you went to school. It's just one of those things that just happens, unfortunately.
1: What do you enjoy most about your current role? I love being able to talk to users. That's like my favorite thing about being a UX researcher. They tell their stories, went up to you, some great stories, some challenging stories, but that's just like my favorite thing about being a user researcher. It's just like speaking to the people and helping them.
0: And Latoya, what do you think it takes to be successful as a UX researcher?
1: Definitely being a people person because your role is so cross-functional, meaning you have to work with so many different people and teams, like you need to be able to like navigate these spaces. So I would say like really honing in on how to build, develop, and maintain relationships internally and externally.
0: Those are good points. So you're also an entrepreneur. What inspired you to launch Westbrook Consulting and how do you balance entrepreneurship with your full-time job?
1: Yeah, I actually own two businesses. I have Westbrook's Consulting Group, which I initially started because I was a business owner. A lot of people would come to me. And ask me how to start their own business, how to grow their business, how to maintain their business. I recently added UX Research as one of the services, maybe three years ago. And then I also own a financial literacy and coaching company known as Wealthly. And how I juggle the two, I have certain days for each business. So maybe like on a Tuesday and Thursday, I'll work on Wealthly. A Monday and Wednesday, I'll work on Westwood Western Consulting Group. I'm very rigid when it comes to my calendar, so I'll only take on a handful of clients per month, so I don't overwhelm myself. I usually do work for my business either before I start my job at Facebook or usually in the evenings after Facebook. And you know, no more than an hour or two because I'm married, I'm a stepmom, so I have to make sure I have time for family as well. Hire support, so I have a virtual assistant, I have someone who does my branding and marketing, And if I'm overwhelmed or I'm too busy, I say, no, there's been times where I'm like, nope, not taking on any new clients, you know, revisit back in a month or two automation really helps. So if I get a new client, they instantly get like a welcome email. They'll get a follow-up email to book a session with me. They get homework, help you if you are working full time. And then you also have a business on the side.
0: Latoya, what are your goals for both businesses in
1: 2021 and beyond? So my goal for Westerns Consulting Group, at least for the research side, is to become more of a research advisor where if a startup is either new or mid-sized startup and they don't have capital to hire a full-time UX researcher, but I can just go in, look at their product and kind of give them advice on what they need to do um, to improve the user experience. So that's my goal for Westerns Consulting Group. And then for Wealthly, my financial literacy company, I'm in the process of building out e courses. A lot of my clients are all over, so East Coast, South, West Coast, um, and I just find it challenging to speak to them and give them the support that they need all the time. So I I want to build out, or I am building out an e course for people who are new in their journey. So maybe they just want to learn how to budget better, money management, shift their mindset around you know, money and growing money. And then I have a second tier e-course that's for people who are a bit more further along in their journey. So investing one-on-one, you know, if you have children, what is a 529 plan, how to, you know, get involved in that. If you are trying to figure out how to generate additional streams of income, which I'm really good at that. Um, there's a section on that as well. So that those are my two goals for both businesses. That's great. You also,
0: Latoya, serve as an industry advisor board member for the City of New York TechWorks program. Tell us about that program and how it got started.
1: Yeah, TechWorks is um, such an amazing organization based here in New York. Actually, it was when I was a researcher at Oscar Health, which is a healthcare tech company, and CUNY, based in New York, which stands for City University of New York. We don't have CUNYs and SUNYs in Florida, so it was was something new that I had to learn when I moved up here. Came on site to Oscar Health, and they wanted to kind of bridge that gap between New Yorkers who are not in the tech space and how they can have access to what was happening, what is happening in New York and in California. And so I think I spoke to the program director. She really liked my story and and thought I would be a really good add to the advisory board. And so that's how I got involved in that. Um, But it's happening all over um, the U.S. And when I say that is we have all these startups, you know, maybe starting in California and they're recruiting the best of the best talent. And they're kind of like pricing out the people who are actually in the city. I'll use myself as an example. I lived in Harlem for 12 years. And so you have, you know, big companies like Facebook and Google and all these tech companies coming to New York and they're pricing out the people who already were there, who live there. Gentrification of tech. I think that's like the easiest way to put it. So the program is to kind of bring the jobs back to the people who are from these cities and state and give them the skill set that they need to like be, be in the game, basically. And so it was a program that actually was created during Obama's term. So It was a a grant that was awarded to CUNY during the Obama era. And have you seen much success from it since you've been involved? I do see more success. The challenge that they were having is that a lot of the people part of the board were professors, like they were academic, academic experience. So they were giving students advice about their career, but they themselves were no longer in the industry, right? They were just professors and teachers, not just, because that's important too but they're not like me, right? Like I'm going through the interview process. I'm actually working in the space. And so what I share and how to be competitive and like really get into these spaces is not going to be the same coming from a professor. So they needed more industry professionals to tell the students how it really is. And so I have seen some changes. They usually share metrics um, and updates on what we deem successful. And being successful be would be like them landing an internship or landing a full time offer. And so I, I just share what I can, you know, interviewing tips, telling students just because you went to school does not mean you're gonna get a job in this field. Like take that off your mind. Going to boot camps does not mean you're going to get a job right after you finish the bootcamp. You know, really being realistic with them. Like your portfolio is not up to par. Your resume is not up to par. Your LinkedIn page is a mess. I'm going to be realistic to make sure you like understand what you need to do and, and how you need to be competitive to, to get into these spaces. I also think it takes a bit more than just having your foot in the door. Like I think people need to be more strategic, way more strategic. Like just because you maybe have an opportunity or you may know someone doesn't, You've got to be strategic. You have to be okay with rejection. And then you have to be consistent. Like, it took me over five months just to get into tech. And then after that, maybe a year and a half just to break into UX research. And then to get to Facebook, I'm, you know, maybe three plus years of working at different startups. And then you have some people who are like, oh, I, I want to be a researcher or a UX designer or an engineer. And then, like, in three months, they think they can just go to Google. And it's like, one, I, I wouldn't recommend that. Like, it, you know, a lot of these big tech companies are really hard to keep up with. So I would never just tell somebody to start there. And, and some and same with some of these startups. Like it's challenging. So like pace yourself and be comfortable that it may take some time to get to where you want to be.
0: What advice would you give to an Afro-Caribbean woman or black woman who's interested in the tech field in general, and then, more specifically, UX research.
1: Make sure your voice is being heard, and make sure your work is being represented well and and included. And when I say this, especially at a lot of these big tech companies, is a lot of people. You know, these teams are huge. You want to make sure you don't get overtalked, or if you share something, the right people heard you. If you feel like you're dealing with microaggressions from someone, address that person. Like you're constantly navigating spaces. If you see meetings are happening that you should be in and you're not on the calendar invite, find out why you're not on the calendar invite and who set those meetings. Like, you know, you really insert yourself. You know, we're still a minority. Like I'm the only black woman on my team and it's like 60 plus of us. And and if I were to go like larger up the scale, meaning above my leadership team, above my leadership team, I'm probably still the only black woman. You know what I mean? So make sure you're doing what you need to do to not, be forgotten, to not be invisible, um, to make sure you're having those conversations about compensation and bonuses and growth areas. And, and and if you feel like you're being mistreated, something that I had to do last fall is so I had to manage up. Like I had a manager who I didn't feel like was supporting me in the way that I needed to be supported. And there were some things that she did that I did not like. And I remember just documenting it and the the examples, and then I I managed up, meaning I managed her. And I was like, this is what you did. This is the example. This is how it impacted me in my work. And this is what I would like to see you do differently. And I did that for like six different bullet points. I'm sure she's never had anybody do that to her. So use your voice. Don't be afraid to speak up. Really, truly, do not be afraid. If you're in these spaces or once you make it to these spaces, like know your work, know what you're able to do. I mean, I'm not trying to be cocky. Okay, yes, Facebook recruited me, right? I didn't apply to Facebook. I got recruited. And I get recruited every week. All big tech companies, small tech companies, VP levels, research director. Like, you're there because you're meant to be there. So know that you're interviewing at these places. They're interviewing you. You're interviewing them. mean you want to be treated well at all times.
0: Those are all wonderful advice and definitely things that should be noted and spoken about. So with that, I'll ask Light a question. drawing from your Bahamian roots, if you had to choose between these two traditional Bahamian dishes, which one is a must?
1: Salad or sauce? Kunk salad. Actually, I'll go with crack Kunk. That's actually more of my favorite, but... what What is it? Krack Kunk? Yeah, cracked Kunk. So
0: Latoya, thank you so much for taking your time to share your story.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: And to our Unstoppable yes, you tribe, thank you so much for your time. I hope you found this information valuable. I know I did. If you're new to the Unstoppable YesU podcast, don't forget to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Red Circle, and get new episodes as they drop each week. Lastly, visit unstoppableyesu.com for more content, including profile articles on Caribbean achievement and excellent stories.